Hello, bonjour, and welcome to the Salem Station Podcast, a show where we rank and review all of your favorite horror movies. I'm your co-host, Robert. And I'm your co-host, Alex, and today we have Uli. Hello. Happy to be here. Yay. Yay. This This week we are doing movie number 88, and that is 2014's as above so below whoa for any new listeners although i don't think we were to have any but if we do uh let me uh just if you're jumping in at this point and haven't seen our last episodes i don't blame you but if you are jumping in and you have no clue what the show is about this show so i your co-host robert have i made a list of horror movies i watched all of them there's 95 horror movies I, as I say in the intro, I ranked them and I reviewed them. And each episode, we cover a movie on the list. I, we start from the bottom, making our way up to number one. This movie would be number 88. And that is As Above, So Below. The 90s movies, I, I don't think I'll ever complain about the movies on this list anymore. I, I, this movie, I mean, it wasn't, it's not bad. It's not bad. I, not complaining about it. I don't think I'll give a rant at all for this episode. So they're going to get better and better. So yeah, if you were tired of last uh, the last episodes being uh, just nothing but negative things said towards the movies, not anymore. <laughs> Hopefully, I don't know. I'll come across a movie on this list though. Really tick me off. But this is as above, so below. Uh, from 2014, it's a found footage movie. And I know I kind of already explained what found footage, what it is, and it's brief history, but that was in the Cloverfield episode. And let's be honest, that episode kind of sucked. Because <laughs> of my as rant. much as the movie. Oh, yeah. Not so, as much as the movie. So I'll cover it briefly again. So I'll spare you going have, having to go back and, and listen to that episode. Uh, I'm sure everyone already knows what found footage is. It's pretty self-explanatory. It's it's a style of filming in which a movie is presented and presented to you as if though you're viewing it kind of in first person. You know, you're behind the lens of a camera. Paranormal Activity is a good example of it. Um, this is what that is. This movie is directed by John Eric Dowdle. I hoping I said that correctly. I normally don't. It's close enough. Dodal. Oh. <laughs> Dodal. Sorry for butchering that poor guy's last name. But I normally don't mention the directors, at least not of the movies we've past reviewed, because I didn't think there was any need to. But this guy does have some history with found footage movies. He has directed Quarantine, which is the American remake of Wreck which Wreck is considered to be like one of the greatest found footage films of all time. And I do agree. I really like Wreck. I've never seen Quarantine. But the reason I've never seen it is because everyone says that it's just the soulless version of Wreck. So I will take people's word for that, and I won't watch that. And he's also made the uh, Poughkeepsie Tapes, which is also found footage. I always pronounce that wrong. Poughkeepsie Tape. To keep C tapes. And he's also directed a movie that I saw as a child. <laughs> Devil. Came out from 2010. I will never mention this movie ever again on the podcast. 
There's no reason but, you should watch this movie as a child. Well, no, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but I watched this at my aunt's house, and it was on, and I was like, let me watch it. And I remember, I this movie never comes up, ever. It's like Apollo 18, another movie that I watched as a kid. You'll never hear that movie ever again. But it exists. and I think I've seen Apollo 18. Yeah? I have. I think, that, that, one, the one, I think that one... The, mo- the monster's on the moon, right? Yeah. Hey, that movie's like a fucking fever dream. <laughs> that one's also a found footage film, I believe, from the point of view from the astronauts. But Devil takes is a, it's a horror movie that takes place in an elevator, essentially. And these people kind of like, actually, you know what? Kind of like this film, where they're stuck in a... I didn't just realize this till now. They're all stuck in this situation... And they've all done past sins, pretty grave past sins. And they have to reconcile what their sins were. In that movie, if they don't do that, one of them, they don't know who, but one of them amongst them on that elevator is the devil himself. And they uh, better fess up what their sins are. Or they get killed one by one. And it, I remember it was like, whoa! Because like the lights start flickering and then you'll see a guy who has, like, glass shards impaled in him and whatnot. And then there's this old lady who dies in the beginning, and then you're left with, like, two people, and you're like, who is it? Who is it? Kind of like the thing, you know, it's like, who who's infected? But it's like, who's the devil? But then it it's revealed that it was one of the people who died prior, and he that's the old lady who comes back, and she's, like, her neck's cracking, and she's like, that's me. But anyways, that's bullshit. That's the devil. I'm mentioning it now because <laughs> I watched as a kid and we won't ever bring it up. There won't be any need to. By the way, that was uh, the I screenplay. I can guarantee you I will force him to make an episode on it. Oh, God. I think it's on Netflix. That screenplay for that movie, actually, I believe. Probably, uh, no, it's actually not on Netflix. The screenplay for that movie, I believe, was by M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> of so, course. of course, there's a twist in there because he's always got to put a twist in there. What about you, Yuli? What's one horror movie you watched before you uh, should have? I don't watch horror movies at all. Not once? Nope. Never accidentally snuck in and watched a horror movie? Nope. Interesting. Uh, I think I've seen Chucky when I was like six years old. And that scarred <laughs> me for life. And I was never able to watch another one. You know what? Same. Because, okay. So, I, uh, I didn't even... I, I, I lived with my grandparents for a large portion of my life, and my grandmother would always have uh, the damn TV on those Mexican channels like Telemundo. And I don't know, I don't know what it is. Yeah, they'd play horror movies, but in Spanish. So I'd walk in, not understand what was going on, and just walk into a whole room of people getting slaughtered when I was like seven. To me, yeah. I was like, I've seen Chucky that way. I've seen, um, I think it was one of the Paranormal Activity movies that way. Uh, Rambo, Aliens. Like, I didn't understand anything. I, I wish I walked in as a kid and just saw people dying on TV. And I was like, I'm going to go in the other room, if that's okay with you. Play my Nintendo DS. Thanks for the horror, Grandma. I'll never yeah, be able to see again. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. it, that movie literally scarred me. For like yeah. a good couple of years, I will, I will be honest. The first time I as a kid, I'd never seen a full Chucky movie, but I'd seen scenes. With, and I'll be honest, that that also scared me. Yeah, I don't know what, everyone's been scared by Chucky at some I, point. 
I've seen the Final Destination movies growing up, all of them except for five, and they never really scarred me. They were like fun to watch, and I was like, "Oh my Whoa. god, yeah!" They played I, I, so many Final Destination movies, and they scarred me too. Like, there's a lot of horror movies that I'd seen as a kid that I really enjoyed, but anytime I just saw Chucky on screen, I was like, "That one," but that one really scares me. I, <laughs> so I don't know it was just both of them. Like even as a kid, like uh, I remember my third grade party rooms for the classroom. We'd watch Goosebumps. I'd be freaked <laughs> out in the back of the room, just crying in the back of the room. Yeah, yeah. one of the Dude. movies was like the little girl putting on a mask, and then she could like oh, never take it off again. I love oh, that my episode. God. Dude, I had all the all the Goosebumps books growing up. I read a lot. I think of I them. still have them somewhere. In this. I, the- I I was able to read the books. I just couldn't watch it. That's understandable. Yeah. I read those other books. What scary stories to tell in dark? Those really got me. Those ones were crazy. Have you seen the movie for that? I saw the uh, how they made it. It was pretty cool. I think I, I saw how they made it, it, but but no, I heard that it's really movie. good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's interesting. Oh, I've seen Sims. Guillermo del Toro. Oh my! I completely forgot. Fucking um, in my middle school, middle school. I think I was. I forget what grade I was in, but it was like sometime during middle school. Uh, my professor thought it would be a good idea as a treat to show us. I think it was, uh, Insidious. Oh, <laughs> played in class. We watched a in good middle? like yeah in middle school. We watched a good like 30, 40 minutes of it. I was absolutely terrified. The next class, he we come in. He looks all disappointed. He's like, "Okay, who snitched to their parents?" <laughs> <laughs> In middle school, I watched uh, the one horror movie. It wasn't even that bad. It was 1408, had Samuel L. Jackson in it. It was about a haunted hotel room. uh, Oh, Oh. yeah. If it has Samuel L. Jackson, it can't be that bad. Yeah, it wasn't that bad, but I think that was the most horror-ish movie I saw in actual grade school. Um... I, I don't think I in in school I never saw anything. Growing up, like at home, yes. But at school, I guess the most I ever watched was Goosebumps. That's like what I guess my teachers were allowed to show. Um, yeah, I saw a lot of Goosebumps. I remember like there the were moment. some there were some episodes that really got to me. Some. I don't remember yeah. what they are. Yeah, I I know, I forget at, at a certain age, I was like, I want to see horror movies in theaters now. And I think the first one I had seen was, I think, Sinister 2. I know I've mentioned this before. I had seen Sinister 2 in theaters. <laughs> and I remember that movie. Because Sinister is really good, right? And and I, I'd seen Sinister before to prepare to watch Sinister 2. I really like Sinister. And Sinister is terrifying to me, even to this day. And I don't know, maybe because I've watched it at that young age, and I was, I well, not really. I was fifteen, so not really that young. But I was like, "Whoa, that's scary!" And then Sinister Two isn't as great as Sinister. It's not as scary either. But like when there are jump scares and on a big screen, let me tell you, they are jump terrifying. scares are always the one to get me. Especially the jump two. scares. I don't know why, but Sinister, the Sinister franchise is good at jump scares. Like they are great. And then, and then, like the year after, I was like, I want to watch the new Blair Witch because I really like Blair Witch. Oh, that, that, pretty good. that one, that one scares me. Yeah, even in theaters, I think I only watched it chapter two when we watched Ooh. it together. That was yeah. the first time I've seen it a movie yeah. in theaters. 
Yeah, I had already seen enough horror movies by the time. Yeah. But yeah. So, I, anyways, today we're doing yeah. an episode on As Above, So Below, completely unrelated yeah. to everything that we said beyond <laughs> the, uh, before yeah. this point. Um, um, you know what's funny? Actually, we kind of suck. Yeah. Well, kind of going on that tangent really quick. Normally, I ask the guests what their favorite horror movie is. So that's kind of like <laughs> what I was going to ask next, anyways. What's your favorite yeah, horror I'm, movie, Yuli? My favorite horror movie? If, yes. Or, like, one that scares you the most. It doesn't have to be favorite, but, like, one that either is the scariest or one that you like. I think the one we watched together, Wreck, that one was pretty good. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I really oh. like I love that Wreck. That scare the shit out of me. Wreck Especially is so good. for found footage film like this one. Yeah. <laughs> this movie is like... so... I would not consider this movie found footage. It technically... They take, <laughs> they take so many liberties. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah, quick notion. I love Wreck. We're not going to be covering Wreck anytime soon because it's really high. But what I love about Wreck is that like it's kind of also a zombie movie. <laughs> but like, it's so oh, most definitely. Like, and it has that. Uh, it has that spiritual sense to it too. It's like this. Ooh, yeah. True. It's like a hybrid. Because yeah. most zombie movies are like, oh, it's because it's biological disease or this thing it's like the some scientific explanation but it's here it's a religious explanation it's yeah like, in wreck it's like because <laughs> some, some priest messed up or something. Or something yeah yeah basically that that's pretty sick i wish you could cover wreck but that, this is not wreck this is as above so below and another movie that reminds me of another movie that i'm reminded of every time i think of as a as above so below is the descent because it's also like one where they explore caves Kind of ish, I guess, in the dark. Yeah, it gives you that claustrophobic to... feel throughout the yeah. movie. Yeah. Well, cool. yeah. So I tell you, the only descent in this movie is the descent into mediocrity. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. It's yeah, so as great. you can hear, Alex trying to prove that to <laughs> intro. I mean, I think, I mean, I, I obviously, as each movie we do, the, the quality in the movies, I think, like in terms of it being scary, like does kind of get better and better. No, this movie definitely, yeah, better. it definitely got me a few times. This movie, yeah, yeah, um, it has its highlights. I'm being a little too harsh on it. I think because I, I mean, I can agree with Alex, I guess, because the first time I watched this movie, I went in without knowing like what to expect, and I just watched it as like. Oh, it's a horror movie, and I didn't really didn't understand anything of what was going on. But then once I figured out, like, oh, it means this, and this is what that was supposed to represent. Like, it's the movie reflects, or it's rather, it's supposed to mirror uh, Dante's Inferno. It's a, it's like a poem, I believe, by a guy named Dante, and hence Dante's Inferno. In the 14th century, this guy wrote it, and it's about like the nine levels of hell. This is what that's supposed to represent. And then once I knew what it was about and I watched it after, I was like, okay, I can kind of see what... Yeah, knowing that really yeah. helps. There's like a base movie, and then once you actually get to know more about the actual story of Dante, kind of becomes like a sub-movie between the actual scenes and the representations. Yeah, yeah. definitely, it's... definitely. I know I mentioned this on the Midsommar episode, how like, I guess there's two ways to kind of see, like Midsommar tried to do two kind of horror movies or like it's a horror movie where you can do an experience or like just to watch it just to get a, a good scary horror experience and then there's like 
but if you want to delve deeper, you can. And how I was saying that Midsommar kind of caters to that second audience where like, oh, it's mostly to people who want to dig deeper into the scenes and what it means. Whereas when I leave like when I leave Midsommar, like as a horror movie experience, it's like, what did I just watch? <laughs> <laughs> what was this? Like, yeah. like this, yeah, though, I, I feel it. like kind of does it a bit better because like uh, if like it's a better horror movie, I guess that makes any sense. Like, if you want to dig deeper, it also has that. So it has both, yeah. I think. What are your guys' initial thoughts on the movie before we go into the plot? I think I've said enough on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've made that very clear. What about you, Uli? I think it was pretty good, especially for a found footage film. You know, people say that it's, like, overdone, but really there's only, like, five big ones. And yeah, really adds that's well. true. There's some like plots in the beginning where it's just all exposition and you don't really need a found footage you're like why is this guy even filming this but i think towards the end where like they're actually in the caves it really ties the movie together in a way like that the same yeah yeah i actually yeah i agree with that definitely uh i just i mean i i take issue with some of the liberties they take like some of the the scenes kind of don't make sense as the the found footage aspect yeah, I get what you mean. Like, it, it does do found footage better than most movies that do found yeah. footage. I've but seen it, a lot. Of it does movies. have a few liberties taken that you can see. Like, if you take a second, you're like, wait a second. How is this? Like, how is this working out? Yeah. There's there's a lot. There's many more found footage movies to come on this list. And we've already done one, Cloverfield. Most found footage movies, you need well, a lot of people's gripes of found footage. Is it can be done right. Is you know as you said there's like the big found footage movies that really are like the few that come to mind one huge gripe that i see with found footage is why like there has to be a reason as to why the person keeps recording throughout the movie and why they don't just drop the camera and dip blood witch has a reason because they are trying to film a documentary Blair Witch, the sec- the third movie sorry really doesn't have a reason at least i don't remember the last time i seen it which was in theaters and i was like a gazillion years ago, but the first Blair Witch has a reason. Remember when uh, theaters were a thing? <laughs> yeah, I do. Paranormal Activity has a reason because they're trying to capture well, Paranormal Activity to prove that uh, Katie capture, is being capture the Yost. Yeah, trying to prove that Katie was being haunted by something. And Wreck, they record because it's part of a news thing and they want to uncover the truth of what's going on in the apartment suites. This one, it's because they're trying to record the journey of discovering the philosopher's stone I don't know. as if having the fucking philosopher's stone isn't enough <laughs> yeah so <laughs> you have to make a youtube video about it Classic so that's bait. another imagine the uh, clickbait for that damn movie i mean <laughs> even in found footage films there are some like scenes where you're like why don't they just put down the camera like even in wreck uh when the main character the girl is getting attacked on the staircase and like oh, yeah. literally just standing there filming it while yeah. she's fighting for her life like there's just some yeah. scenes that you're just shaking there's, your head yeah there's some scenes where you just have to suspend disbelief and that's this that comes with hound footage the, the two movies, movies that the two movies that do that well are obviously and i and everyone's gonna say this if you ask them blair witch and paranormal activity because like there's a reason why they shouldn't put the camera down and blair witch again it's because they're trying to document the switch so even if 
weird crazy things going on like that's what they're here for even though they're losing their sanity by the day and paranormal activity they can put the cameras down but each room still has its own camera so even though the character themselves put the camera down like you can see what the bedroom angle is because there's always a camera throughout the house so like those two movies i feel like do it right and they have exact they have the reasons but yeah even wreck has like dude put the camera down help the girl yeah uh cloverfield's actually a pretty good example of how not to do found footage because they're going throughout the ruins of new york climbing buildings and going through debris like all i think you need both hands for that all for that kind of stupid <laughs> final scene yeah yeah like yeah well Which enough about we mentioned before so yeah. The title itself, before we go into the plot of the movie, the title itself is as above, obviously, is as above, so below. That in and of itself has meaning. Uh, so in the film, she um, she uses the title as above, so below. She she uses the phrase, so she finds a marking on the ceiling, and then she needs to find a way out. And then she deduces that it's on the opposite of the ceiling, which would be the floor. So the the floor would have like this tavern to open up, this cavern that opens up to be able to escape. And she uses the reasoning of what's above should be below, you know, as above, so below. But it turns out that that um, saying has much more meaning, as she says. Hold on, let me try to find it. I, I love I, just we, hearing the papers in the background, <laughs> just the, yeah. the rustling. I actually did research this time, guys. I'm proud of you. So the full phrase is, as above, so below, as within, so without, as the universe, so the soul. And that was coined by the guy named Hermes, I'm sorry if I'm bunching your last name again, Trismegistus, some philosopher guy. Interesting last name. He used this term in, in order to explain how everything has the best way to i don't know how to explain this no matter what happens there is something else that kind of does that i guess so essentially it's like um, mirroring things so like what happens on a universe for every action there is a reaction is what you're trying to say basically it's just a repeat of physics nice at least that's as far as i was able to grasp so like i'm sure it's deeper than physics yeah yeah but I know, it's I'm, just or not deeper than physics, just a deeper meaning. But yeah, that's what it sounds like. This this has a uh, oh. it's a Christian line, I think. That makes sense. Christianity. Oh. On earth on earth as it is in heaven. Oh, true. I, man, I'm such a bad Catholic. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Yeah, um, that is true. That is, that is a line that is repeated a lot in uh in prayers and in the Bible. And speaking of religion, it's funny that you bring that up because growing up, because I don't know, I was an angsty teen or something. I like did research into like I call it as a kid. And growing up, I always knew the phrase before I even heard of this movie. I always associated the phrase as above, so below with Satanists. <laughs> because Jeez. if you so there's this. um. I don't know if it's a being. I don't, I don't know what it is, but uh, his name is Baphomet, and he's like this... I know there's a statue of him somewhere. He's like this horned guy. I think he has horns. He's doing this hand gesture with both hands where he's pointing two fingers up above and two fingers down below. 
Oh, man. is that like the classic like figure that everyone knows that they always use in movies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like yeah, the, yeah, everyone knows. Yeah, everyone knows that damn the, the goat head, right? Yeah, 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 that guy. He he's pointing two fingers up and two fingers down, and he is doing the what most people call the as above, so below. And I always knew this phrase from that. And the way they describe it is it, as a way of perfect harmony be, of justice and mercy which is kind of like a dichotomy because like mercy is what you grant like people and like justice is like what you punish those who have done wrong so it's like supposed to again like represent this balance of like what's here versus what's there i guess i don't know probably deeper meaning but what i found was interesting is that throughout the movie there's a lot of like references to alchemy and obviously the philosopher's stone and all this occult stuff the guy who uh drew who did the initial drawing of baphomet the guy who designed him his name was eliphas eliphas i'm sorry if i'm butchering that again eliphas levi who was also an alchemist so i was i was like whoa there's a couple threads here there's a lot of alchemy related in this i don't know if there's supposed to be some deeper connection between all this but that's that's how far my research went (laughs) not much research but it was interesting what I was kind of following. I was following the lead somewhere. I don't know if it goes any deeper, but yeah. That's as far as I was able to go with the title as above, so below. So yes, it isn't just a t- it isn't just the fancy saying. It has meaning to it. I mean, way Alchemy does play into the whole theme of the movie, right? Because yeah. Flamel was the alchemist that created the Philosopher's Stone. Yeah, Very true. Which, yeah, it's probably like the most iconic item or anything associated with alchemy. Harry popularized, Potter. Yeah, yeah, popularized by Harry Potter, probably. <laughs> I have so expected whenever, to see Harry Potter pop out. Yeah, so whenever you hear one, you always think of that. And they even yeah. mention Nicholas Flamel in the movie, I believe. Which is another very famous um, alchemist. Uh, alchemist. Uh, I completely uh, forgot the word. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, he's a yeah. he's a very famous uh, alchemist who came up with a lot of uh, interesting um, chemicals and I, concoctions and the like. It makes me correctly. wonder if I don't I didn't and again I didn't I did research but not a lot of research. But I wonder if Dante, who wrote Dante's Inferno, was also an alchemist. I don't know. I should probably look that up and let y'all know by the end of the movie. But probably. I mean by the end of the episode. Nicolas yeah. Flamel was also French. Oh, oh yeah. There's a lot of so that um, makes yeah, a, it makes a lot of sense to make that connection. Yeah, the movie takes place in France as well. For the if I if I didn't say that in the, the catacombs, catacombs of France. Yes. If you haven't gathered by what we've been saying about hell and everything else, these guys are about to go on a journey through hell. Because of course, hell would be located hmm. underneath France. Yes. Uh, well, actually, I don't know why I said it. I don't know why. <laughs> sure. So the movie begins with Scarlet, who's our protagonist, and she's like an Indiana Jones kind of character where she's like trying to find treasures and all which these you can, places. Which you can suspect from the name Scarlet. Uh, I, I guess. <laughs> I mean, that's oh. that's not a name you give a side character. You know, that goes to somebody very rambunctious, very <laughs> adventure-seeking. Well, it be- <laughs> I guess, yeah, you wouldn't call the side character Indiana Jones. So the movie begins with her in 
in a bus filled with chickens or something like that. And she's also on her way. reflecting Indiana Jones. She's in okay. Iran, right? Yeah, she yeah, she's going she's going through Iran. She is trying to meet up with a friend or a source or whatever, someone. Her his name's Risa Ressa. And oh keep in mind they're recording all this because again they're trying to prove that these artifacts exist. She is going after and I wrote it down somewhere. Um the Rose Key, which is a bullheaded thing. I tried looking up what the Rose Key was, but I don't think it actually exists, or if it even is like a mythological thing or something. I, I looked up what the Rose Key was, but it appears to be something that they just invented for the movie. So she's trying to find that. And she meets up with this guy named Riza. He's like, I shouldn't allow you to do this. Like, or I shouldn't be doing this. It's illegal. They're going through some site, through some caves that are about to be demolished and taken down. And Which, she's like, I mean, she's recording all of this. So she's recording everyone who's helping her. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and I can only presume she's going to put them in the credits. <laughs> People reason. who helped me commit this crime and just put yeah. their full names. Yeah, we we mentioned that during the movie. We were like, um, you're recording your allies who are who clearly know what you're doing is illegal, but go for it, girl. But anyways, you she live your best life. So she I think she has like little flashback or she mentions that her father was like killed or something or that he hung himself. I don't I don't remember what it was, but they dropped some exposition there, you know. Her father her father was kind of what she is. He was also an adventure-seeking yeah. guy. Riza brings it up, talking about how to not let it go to her head. She'll go crazy like her father. Yeah. And she, I think, is following her father's leads for this. She does find the Rose Key, but unfortunately the cave does collapse, and she's left, in, she's left with nothing but the footage of having found it. So I guess that's one, I guess that can explain the reason why she would want to keep the footage and keep recording, you know, in case if anything happens, she's like, I got proof that it exists. Yeah, kind of reasoning. Yeah. Yeah. The whole purpose of the Rose Key, wasn't it, was to translate it into Arabic because of what, La Flamel's gravestone or something, his tablet oh, was written in an untranslatable language. Yes, you, you are right. <laughs> yes. That's what she's yeah. standing for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, she's looking for the writing on the rose key. And yeah, she, again, she can't translate it. So she goes to her friend, George, who is in, I don't know if it's in Paris. I don't know if they've arrived to Paris yet, but she meets her friend, George. And she's explaining that she's gotten further with her leads on finding Flamel's Philosopher's Stone. And I mean, at this time, she's already met Benji. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Benji is her. I forgot about Benji. <laughs> yeah, I, I always forget. Everyone to mention... forgets about Benji. He's like oh, such yeah. a small role. Yeah. I always forget to mention the uh, the camera people in the found, found footage movies. Like in Rec, I always forget the guy who's recording. I'm like, oh, yeah. I think his name is Pablo. Oh, yeah, Pablo. You're there. You're a character. I thought you were just. You exist in this world. <laughs> I thought you were just a camera. So yeah, he Benji is the cameraman who we will be following along. We'll be seeing everything from his point of view up until spoilers. We can no longer follow his point of view. We can no longer follow Benji. 
So she meets up with George, who is trying to fix this clock or something. Um, I'm not going to go into the detail of what he's trying to do, but she's just trying to convince him that, like, I found the rose key. I found this language. Can you translate it for me? He's like, okay, but I won't go any further with you because he's said in the past, he said that in the past, he's accompanied her on various journeys and he's gotten arrested for most of what they do. He's like, okay, let me translate for this for you. And there's this tablet that they go to. And then you see the links that she'll go to. Like it's in a museum or something that he was allowed access to by this one chick who I think they're friends or probably more than friends. Anyways, and she uh, douses one of the tablet in fire, one of the tablets in fire. And there's like a hidden message, hidden message in it. Uh, they encrypt what the message is saying. And they're saying that I wrote down a bit of what it was. Not really what it was, but what it was supposed to say that it mentioned the number 741 and that I think to be able to find the stone, they have to go through the, the number 741, I believe is associated with hell. I've never heard of that before, but I guess I always know 666, but 741 sure. Um, and they were saying how Flamel's tomb is supposed to rumored to be, I believe, 370.5 feet below like the earth. And that's like a halfway point, which would be the 741. So 741 would be like double what Flamel's grave distance would be. I make no goddamn sense, but yeah. yeah I, think, <laughs> I think what it was was they mentioned that hell was 740 feet below the floor and the writing passage said that uh it the stone would be located halfway to hell's gate or something like that and yeah so they went to flamel's grave which was right there and then what they're trying to do is get 340 feet below it and they're using the catacombs to get to it that's basically it somehow how you explained it better than i did (laughs) i looked up what hell's number is and um i looked up what 741 means but there really is no i haven't found oh actually never mind (laughs) yeah 741 is where you would find well 741 feet is where you would find the gates of hell interesting what's the deepest we've ever dug i had probably deeper than that i I believe you to know that off the top of my head i expect you oh interesting we have dug 40,000 feet deep huh me personally i probably dug three feet (laughs) probably saying too much i've dug i've dug like a foot and then i got too warm and got scared too warm bro what the hell you think you're breaking the earth's crust or something (laughs) it was really thin leave me alone (laughs) oh interesting (laughs) The the Cola Super Deep Oh wow, what a fucking brilliant name. The Cola Super Deep Bore Hole. The deepest man-made hole in Earth. It is so deep, locals swear you can hear the screams of souls tortured in hell. Huh. Oh my god, hold on. Speaking of uh hell and like what would be places of hell, I only know this 
because I was listening to a podcast, the Guide to the Unknown podcast, which is a horror podcast I love. <laughs> they were talking about this town called Centralia, Pennsylvania, which I've never played the Silent Hill movies, but that's what they're based off of, I believe, or the Silent Hill games as well. Um, I've never seen either. And it's this town shrouded in smoke. Some people would say fog, but it's smoke because underneath the town, and it's a ghost town because no one lives there anymore because it's filled with just smoke. Um, the towns are... The town is filled with smoke because underneath, miles underneath, I believe, there there's a bunch of coal mines there, and they're just oh yeah, no, it's 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 a couple hundred feet. It's not miles. Oh, um, the deepest hole in the world is only five miles deep. Uh, it it, yeah, no. So basically, listen to this. So there's an abandoned coal mine, right? And they're basically trying to. It was a, it's it's an old abandoned coal coal mine, and I if I remember correctly, they were like doing something. Stupid. They were trying. Yeah, yeah, they were doing something, and they like really dumb. They accidentally lit all they of this coal, and once one part of the mine caught fire, the, the whole entire thing exploded. Yeah, went just went ablaze. And over time, like the city, the town just started filling up with smoke. And then it's a ghost town now. No one lives no, no, there. So here's the best part. Here's the best part. While it was filling with smoke, the the locals were completely fine with it. They're like, we've lived here for years. We're not moving. What it took was a kid getting swallowed by <laughs> a giant hole, that a sinkhole that opened up due to the fire weakening the structure of the, uh, the natural... Yeah. Um, grounding of the earth <laughs> it took a child getting sucked in by one of these sinkholes for them to leave the kid's fine by the way he was pulled out almost immediately but that's what it took was almost losing a child for them to say huh maybe it's not safe here and they all left like within a month yeah based off of their podcast uh technically these people are like technically it's not a ghost town the population of the town is 11 so some people do still um somehow really want to live here. Fucking, <laughs> I'm not gonna walk in and see if, if there's no Starbucks there. It's a fucking ghost town. So apparently you can actually pass by this town and it's just shrouded. This smoke coming out of the out of the cracks of the of the streets. It's, it, I don't know. It looks pretty. It sick. is absolutely yeah. insane. And if I think I think the projections that the fire will continue for centuries. Yeah, I heard like centuries. Like These fires aren't stopping. It's, ba- it's it's basically a, a coal mine or like one of those uh, giant coal refineries or the gasoline refineries running like twenty four seven for the next century, couple centuries. They, they've dug deep. The, the, <laughs> there's no uh, carbon neutral. Um, <laughs> Yeah, there's nothing you can do about that. Yeah, plant a few trees, it'll be fine. I'll offset it. I don't know how he went on this tangent. All those trees got smoker's lung. <laughs> All those no, damn yeah. trees. But uh, maybe we should we should probably get to the movie at this point. Huh? <laughs> yeah, no, sorry, I don't know how he went here. Gates of Hell. Oh, we're talking about hell and Oh, um, true, true, true. I mean that yeah. place is probably as close to hell as you're ever gonna get. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> unless you've been unless you've been to fucking uh Death Valley, that place is pretty close to. Oh my god, it's so hot there. So their plan is to go to the catacombs, find Flamel's tomb, find the stone there. Bam, you hit gold. Not really, you just hit the stone. So yeah. they they take a tour of the catacombs and there's this tour guide and they're they're going down and they're, they're Which you the can way. do, by the way. You can yeah. just fucking 
say, hey, I want to go see a bunch of dead people. And they let you. You just walk and it's in. The, what, the biggest grave there is on Earth? It is considered the biggest collection of human remains on Earth. That we know of. That we know of. I mean, realistically, you could probably be walking on a bunch of human bones and we wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. Happens all the time, I'm, actually. You're right. find, during construction. I'm not, I'm not kidding. They, they find human remains all the damn time in fossils. Yeah. It's not I uncommon. Mean, I, I'm sure people have hidden. I was... Uh... Again, I know I'm going to go off topic again. This is the third time we've gone on a tangent, but I was looking at a documentary on John Wayne Gacy, and he had hid the bodies of his victims. He's a serial killer, by the way. He had hid the bodies. They know who John Wayne Gacy is. Uh, in his, in like, it's like a floorboard, I believe, under his house, which leads to like this large cavern, and that like no one knew existed. And Jeez. if he hadn't slipped up, they would have never found it. So, like, one day, if someone were to have done construction, like, decades later, and <laughs> somebody's reading name, the foundation to find a bunch like, of bodies. Like, I believe you, like, there's probably instances where, like, you're just having a construction site somewhere, and they're like, <laughs> what are all these dead <laughs> you bodies doing? You're able to take tours of the catacombs, and that's what these people do. They take tours yes. of the catacombs, and they're doing it so they can scout, like, like where this they have a I believe they have a map of the catacombs. They're like, where could the entrance of um going to Flamel's grave be at? And they notice that there's like this this there's this little hole above. They're like there's like probably a, a cave behind there or like a tunnel behind there. And then that's where like the tour guide's like, hey, hey, don't don't stray away. Come over here, come over here. So obviously you're not able to do anything while taking a tour because like you're not allowed anywhere else. You're not allowed into the catacombs. Like at all, unless you are guided there, yeah, or people get lost there. I've heard people actually died. Yeah, no, that's true. Them. That's true. A handful of people have actually um, disappeared, and I don't think any of them have been found. Like oh, I think I really don't think any of them have no. been found. That's that's actually pretty scary, dude. It's like that one video from um. That one video of the guy, it was a camera was found. I'm not sure if that was proven fake or not. It was just a camera found one day, and it was like this guy freaking out in the catacombs. He was never found. Uh, oh, that is pretty scary. What the hell? Like, like I know, like sometimes when you take a tour guy, like you and your friends are like, "Hey, dude, let's go like sneak off and like do this little thing and like find this little thing and like dude, let's go to the secret room," which is kind of seems fun and adventurous. But if you were in the catacombs, I don't care what the hell you're bribing me with. It could be Scooby Snacks for all I care. I ain't, I ain't straying <laughs> from the tour guide. Snacks. <laughs> I ain't straying from that tour guide. And yeah, like they're not able to unless you have a guy who can sneak you in through some sort of back entrance, which is what they're planning on doing. Yeah, from that super sketchy guy who just appeared out of nowhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, I forgot. Yeah, there's a guy there who who I I completely forgot about that. There's a guy who's just sitting there and he's like, "Oh, if you want to find your way in, talk to Papillon, I believe is his name. Papillon, Papillon, I think it's Papillon." Yeah. And they're like, "Oh, okay." And the camera like looks away for a second. It looks back and he's not there anymore. So like, do you know who that was? Was that Latope? That's not Latope, was it? Oh, I don't know. I wasn't. I didn't even know Latope at that point. <laughs> You're right. I don't know who that was. But that, that's, that's, that's actually a pretty effective scare because it's like, oh, where'd he go? So that's how they find out about Papillon and how he's able to leave them in. So they go to this party 
I think we're in a nightclub. Oh yeah, you're right, nightclub. Yeah, because there's like a bouncer and whatnot. Um, they go to this nightclub, and the cameraman Benji, pretty pretty subtle. You don't pick up on it until you see this happen throughout the film multiple times. He he sees a lady dressed in white, and she's got like this distinct face, so you remember it. And you, it just the camera sticks on her. And then he just turns away. You know, it's like, oh, it's just some lady. He's looking nice. Probably checking her out. But no, she'll come in back later. And they go to Papillon and they're like, they, they convince him. It's complete bullshit. But at least they don't know this is true. But they're like, dude, no, we promised, dude, there's going to be treasure down there. Like, he's like, oh, you sure? Okay, I'll take 50%. You could take all the treasure you want. They're For all they know, they're bullshitting him. They're like, dude, there's no fucking treasure. There's just a fucking stone. And then he's like, yeah, sure, I'll get you there. Fine, then I'll take 100% of it and I will meet you all there. So, George, however, is saying that good luck to Scarlet because he's not going to join them. Because a little bit of backstory again, drop an exposition on you. Uh, George had a brother die in a cave once. So, that's why George, George, like throughout the movie, is like, no, man, I don't want to go to the cave. Um, y'all can go without me. I really don't care, Scarlet, just yada yada. He also is the only one with a brain, not wanting to go down there. Yeah, I don't care if I, I don't care if the philosopher's stone is down in the catacombs. I ain't going down there, dude. <laughs> Screw that. And so Papillon says that they, so they meet up the next day and they're all putting on their, their gear, their boots, their helmets, their, la- their lanterns, lamps, whatever. And George is like, I'll just see you guys at the entrance. I'll say bye here or something. And Papillon is spray. He's tagging one of the walls with his, with the word "pap" in a circle, and he's like, "This is like where I leave my mark because the police can't catch the Papillon." He says something like that, <laughs> and uh, lo and behold, the police show up, which is really ironic. The police show up, and that's when George is forced to go in with them or to be caught and probably charged for breaking and entering and. Uh, tagging the walls as well, even though he didn't do it. You know what I mean? So oh, in he goes. He has no gear, so he doesn't bring boots. Uh, they just happen to have a spread helmet, though, because somehow they knew that they were going to bribe his ass in. Because, you know, plot armor. Mm-hmm. Not so, plot armor, but, you know, the plot must move ahead yeah, somehow. The plot will move forward. So they go in. They go. They start, they start going in. They find a, they find a warm candle. So that means the candle says the candle has been previously lit. It's someone must have lit it recently. And sure enough, they find a room within the catacombs uh, of all these chicks singing or chanting. They're doing some sort of ritual, that's for sure. It's a cult, and it's led by the lady in white who was seen previously. And she stares at the cameraman, and Benji like moves the camera away, like, oh. So obviously, this is the second time we've seen her. Benji knows who this chick is. Come on, Benji. What are you hiding? Anyways. <clears throat> and so they come across this, like, not really a fork in the road, but, like, you can go down this pathway. Or there's this, there's, like, this little hidden passageway that's blocked up by rocks. And Scarlet's like, let's go down that way, because that's a shortcut. And Papillon's like, we never go down that way, because... We know the catacombs like the back of our hand, except for that part. We had a friend once who like loved to go down to the catacombs. His name was Latope, and he will come back later. Spoilers. Probably shouldn't have said that, but spoilers. 
he went down there once, even though he said he would never go down there, and he never came back out. So that's a no. Evil exists down there. We aren't going down that way. So they take the road that they've always gone through, and there's uh, they have to pass through this. And it, I would say that the claustrophobia is like pretty real in this part. Like, like I was, it was able to make me like I don't know, feel anxious. They have to go through this tight, narrow crawl space filled with bones and human remains which just sounds horrible yeah squeeze their way through most of them get it get through except benji he gets stuck while traverse traversing through there and like in the descent once he's out the whole cave that they just left collapses so there's no turning back now but once they walk further down Again, they come across through the little fork in the road that they did before where they can take the path they know to go down or the hidden passageway. And they're like, dude, we were just here. Like, are you taking us in circles? And Papillon's like, no, dude, I swear, like, this shouldn't be here. Like, we already were through here once. Like, so this ain't right. And that's when they're all in agreement. Okay, let's just take the passage down. Let's take the secret passage. Screw it. You're clearly leading us in the wrong direction direction or something man. <laughs> whatever <laughs> it's fine yeah and so they uh go into the secret passageway that scarlet had insisted on from the beginning and they go in so once and once they go into the secret passageway that they said that they would they shouldn't go in through they see uh the letters pap in a circle graffitied on one of the walls and they're like dude you've been here before this this wall is tagged with your with your like signature graffiti and he's like no dude i swear like i've never been down here i've never tagged that it wall. wasn't me man it wasn't me and they're like dude you're fucking bullshitting so they're trusting papillon is like going down right now dude, if, if imagine being papillon and you've taken this passenger that you know like you've taken so many times and it just leads you in circles like what the fuck's going on and then you go down this way you've never gone through and there's a tagging like your your signature tagging on the wall, dude. I would fucking bolt out of there, dude. Some crazy shit's going on. Anyways, they go deeper. At once, they're 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 pretty deep in now, and they hear a phone ring. The phone's ringing, and there's this piano in the middle of this room, and George recognizes it, and he says that there's like I don't know if he says it, but like that there's a there's a key out of tune or something like that. Yeah, and yeah. as he's playing the piano, he mentioned that there's like a key out of tune and. Again, he's playing it, and yeah, surely enough, there's a key outside of tune. And he's like, oh, like this panel. Like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> time. Yeah. And then the phone keeps ringing. And the phone they is ringing. The phone. Sorry. <laughs> Basically. I just, it just popped in my head. <laughs> and it's like one of those old, it's one of those old, like, landline phones. And I mean, like, it looks like it's the old, old ones. Like, not the ones, like, my family... Uh, I think my aunt still has a land phone, a landline phone, but it's like Rotary, it's like one of the right? modern ones. You know, it's like one of the modern ones where you just pick up the phone like off of the thing. This is like one of the ones where I think you dial like the circle thing, like you know, you like the put your rotary. finger. Rotary, yeah, it's called a rotary. She, it's uh, one of those old. Ones. Yeah. yeah, really, really old. I don't know why I had to specify the kind of phone it was, but I mean, no, it matters. It matters. Don't worry. It's, uh, yeah, I guess. So she picks it up and it's saying, like, Scarlet, why did you not pick up the phone? Like, I'm dead because of it or something like that. And then she recognizes the voice 
we don't we aren't told who it is, but it's clearly her father. So after they after she hangs up, and it's a pretty good jump scare. She hangs up the phone, and they turn around, and Latope is there. Latope is just vibing, and and <laughs> vibing. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you say just vibing? Dude, he looks so out of it. He looks like me when I enter work, dude. Like I show up and I'm like, gosh. Nah, he didn't look that bad. He didn't look that bad. He looked as yeah. bad as Yuli showing up to Lowe's. That's how bad he is. <laughs> Latope is just there and he dude. That look Latope. I've seen enough horror movies to know where this is going, dude. I'm surprised he didn't shoot Latope in the fucking dome. There's no life in his eyes. Yeah, dude, there is none. Absolutely He's just... no life. He looks like us after pulling a damn all-nighter. Like, he... Marbles. <laughs> just cloudy marbles. That's all his eyes are. <laughs> and if I, I'm gonna be real with you. If you walk up to me when we're in that position, in that, like, environment, and you walk up to me looking like that, I'm killing you. <laughs> I have to. I have no choice. You have given I, me no I, choice in that situation. I have to kill you. It's you or me. Yeah. It's you or me. Dude, I don't blame you. I'd probably do the same too. I'm picking up the Dude, closest yeah. rock and it's going in your skull. Like, As you said, this has <laughs> been gone for two years. Probably yeah. the same clothing you last saw him in, dude. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Like, what have you been eating off of, boy? Yeah, like, it's over. It's over, man. Yeah. And they're like, dude, like, let's hope. Like, obviously you're still here. Is there a way out? And he's like, uh, in such a dead voice, he's like, the only way out is down. And so, of course, down they go. Deeper they go. And they come across this well. They go down the tunnel. And they go They go down the well. And they're like in this, not, not really narrow, but this kind of tunnel. There's like a little stream of water going down it. And this is a part where like the first weird, I mean, seeing Latope there is kind of weird. And seeing this cult down there that was doing this ritual is also kind of weird, but this is like the first like reality's kind of changing around us weird. So, so if you know that this is based off of Dante's Inferno, of which you can just yeah. go to Google Images and look up the map of all the nine layers. Yeah, levels. You just look up Dante's Inferno map and it'll tell you essentially what it is if you don't know already. Um, Dante um, created a poem I think it was a poem originally. I don't think it was a story, but essentially it's this idea that hell is separated into nine levels, each level getting worse and worse, and each one having their own attributed sin. So whatever sin you kind of did most in life, I think it was, like whatever the worst thing you've ever done was attributed with, that's where you were assigned. And as it gets lower and lower, it gets worse. Yeah, so if you have this map with you handy while you're watching the movie, that'd be dandy. So the first circle, as Yuli said, is limbo. And Yuli actually mentioned this when we were watching it, and I didn't pick up. Latope looks like he's been stuck in limbo for some while because he looks so out of it. So I guess Latope could represent limbo, you know, this, this idea of being lost without meaning, you know, just wandering with no purpose. Yeah, it's kind of the idea of like waiting to be sorted sort yes yeah. on the limbo map is, when limbo is the first circle of hell it's for the people that didn't do any good to, to get into heaven 
but they didn't do really enough bad to get her into hell. It's 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 almost like chaotic neutral. <laughs> it's just you know you're not you're not good enough to go up there. You're not bad enough to go down here. You just kind of chill here in the neutral yeah. zone. Which forever. I mean, for yeah, forever. Imagine vibing forever. It makes sense because this is the last time they seen it was two years ago. When two that, years that, ago, yeah. I, I would alone. It seems forever. So like the tip is gonna be wandering throughout. Oh, yeah. According to Dante, uh, he puts <laughs> he puts all the virtuous pagans here, including like Homer and Socrates. Plato. So... That's that's circle one. So I guess Latope could very well. Now that being said, some of these levels of hell are well represented throughout the movie, such as Greed. We'll get into that. I some of them kind of are... skipped over. Yeah. Or. Maybe they're not skipped over, but they're just harder to catch. And like, it's like you really didn't put an emphasis on that one, probably because like it might have been way too hard to do such. But like, That's if fair. you're following, you're like, some some are like, eh, did you really do that? Some of them are like, okay, I could see where that's at. So the next one, uh, the next level is lust. And the meaning, at least what from what I'm gathering from the map, it, it it's called lust. Maybe it's for those who's whose sins do with deal with lust that they're stuck in this realm. I'm not too sure. But the description I'm reading for this level is the souls, the souls stuck here are endlessly blown and spiraling in the winds in a violent storm. So they're they're in this violent storm of winds, of just perpetual winds. And in this, I think this part maybe represents it. At least it was the part that I was able to best see that could represent it when they're going through this like not narrow, but like somewhat of like a corridor, and there's like this little stream of water, and then something falls in the water, and like everything gets muffled for a second, like they can't hear each other, almost like you would, almost like you know when when you're like in a wind tunnel, you can't hear anything. Maybe that's what the love, the second level of hell is, like because it 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 stands out, like it it almost has no purpose. Like what is this? They just can't hear things. So yeah, and then once they leave that that place like everything becomes unmuffled so i'm guessing that's level two which is lust again has nothing to do with like the actual action of lusting but that's just what it's called and then after that they go into a room in which they have to solve a riddle in order to enter the tomb of flamel so it's like almost like a little like the front porch i guess you could say and <laughs> the front porch, yeah. and it's a pretty clever riddle trying to figure out the number of planets in the system most people would be like oh hold on how many planets are there nine Mercury, eight nine. eight pluto doesn't count anymore so that's eight i guess i count so pluto most- damn it it's nine okay well oh, some dude. people would either put eight or nine according to alex but technically i guess the right answer is six or seven i forget what it was but like the way they're viewing it is they're viewing it from Pluto actually technically was considered a planet, I believe, back when the tomb was created. So you yeah. add in a planet, but the Earth wasn't seen as a planet or something like that. So you take it out. It was because... the center of the universe. They considered it the center of the universe. Yeah, and the Earth and the Moon were considered planets orbiting the Sun. Which doesn't make any How stuck up do you have to be to think you are the literal center of the damn universe? I don't know. It was crazy back then. If you said anything, anything, like, hey, maybe we're just left of the center of the universe, they would have hung you. 
<laughs> just for saying that, they would have hung you. So something like that. It's it's something where if you're a historian, I'm sure you're like, hey, that makes that's pretty cool. But I'm like, I'm just going along for the ride because I don't understand. Um, but yeah, so they figure out like the number of planets and they have to pull out the right rock that represents that or that's placed something. So then they remove the rock and then the tomb opens up and they enter Flamel's grave. And I don't know if it's of any importance, but his body isn't decayed at all. The body is perfectly preserved, maybe due to the effects of the stone, but his body's just preserved. He's he's laying there. They're like, where's the stone? Stone has to be in this room. And they realize, oh, I, I forgot how they come to the conclusion, but they all turn off their lights in order, and they see this, there's like this little pond, but the pond is like much deeper than like your conventional pond. And it's like, it's almost like it leads to another room. So you go in, you swim through it, you come out of another room. They once they turn off their, all the lights, they're able to see like some glowing lights coming out of that pond. So they all jump in and this is where this is one of those levels where I'm like, you kind of skipped over that one. Gluttony. Again, that I don't think has anything to do with gluttony. The description says, because of their cold nature, the souls of gluttony suffer the coldness of a ceaseless icy rain. And they have to go through this pond to get to the other room. Which, which is really weird like yeah. to think of. I know it sounds flimsy that going through this pond to come into the other room would represent the third level of hell but hey man it's the best i got <laughs> yeah i mean there. like blame dante for coming up with something stupid like that he could have made it cool but he's like nah <laughs> through fuck walking fucking west nile i guess lust i can probably just assume you know it's like because you instantly go from lust to greed because you'll see greed in effect and soon and it's probably the most well done one the most represented the best represented one yeah. And so gluttony has to be somewhere in there because it's level three. So I'm I'm just assuming that this is level three. I'm pretty sure something else in this represents level three, but I'm gonna, just going to assume that that's what it is. So the little pond probably represents it. They come out into this room and there's all this gold. And Papillon is like, dude, here's all the treasure. And I'm sure Scarlet and George are like, dude, we were bullshitting. We didn't expect there was going to be treasure in here. And we they were find lying the entire time. <laughs> yeah. And they find the stone, which is on this, like, wall. It's on this mural, kind of-ish. This mural-looking thing. And the stone's there. And they remove the stone. And she's like, I have the Philosopher's Stone. And Papillon and his crew are trying to get the gold out. But once they remove, like, the gate. There's, like, this gate here that's kind of separating them from the gold. Once they remove it, they re- they realize it's a trap. And that's where th- that's where the fourth level of hell comes into play greed uh greed is probably the level that was best represented and uh the description says uh, those the soul greed are consumed in a pit of smelting gold as they claw their way their way to escape only to be swept back into the pit so the people here latope and not latope uh papillon and his gang and his crew they are tempted by the greed that the treasure presents and they fall I mean, for... of course they are i mean i don't blame them if you saw no, gold I there mean, dude <laughs> if i walked in and i fucking dude, saw a I mean, of gold i'd be pretty damn tempted to <laughs> like, that's what they got paid for to do yeah hey, that's look, true that's true think though. about it from papillon's point of view they don't know about the stone right do they yeah. i don't know they, they just, just said... well they don't they just said that 
they need to go to the catacomb. Yeah, to find the treasure. And so, like, Papillon's like, dude, we're here for the treasure. Like, we found what you promised us. Like, and it's here. And, like, we're going to take it, obviously. So, like, from Papillon's point of view, like, no wrong can be done. <laughs> He's not really, you know what I mean? But, so, yeah. So, they're tempted by the gold. I don't blame him for taking it. I'd probably be stuck in this level of hell. And it's a trap. The, the ceiling caves in on them once they remove the gate. And one of their friends, I think her name's... What's her name? Oh, I gotta look this up. Well, yeah, yeah. Susie or, Susie or something like that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's in French, but I'm gonna call her Susie because let's be real, you don't want to hear me say that. I would butcher that name. I've already butchered like 40 names already. So she gets injured and her arm's bleeding in, in a really bad way. And Scarlet's like, hey, hold, hold on, let me fix this. And she pulls out the stone and she like rubs it she like gets chunks of it off and she like applies it to Susie's arm and it heals the arm her arms magically healed and they're like whoa like the philosopher's stone actually has power like like it actually is real and they can't go back though because the ceiling has collapsed and they're stuck in the room but they figure out like if this were to ever happen, they need a fail safe in order to leave. So there's got to be some sort of way out, some sort of secret way out. And they see some marking on the ceiling, which I talked about before. They see the marking on the ceiling, and that's where she mentions what is above is done down below. So, like, she sees above, and then she looks at the floor, and there's like this little this piece of floor that's obscured by water and she's like that's probably where there's a hidden tavern hidden cavern at she busts it open and sure enough there's a tunnel down there which leads even further deeper down into the ground into the earth and they go in one by one i think they mentioned that this is like a thousand feet down at this point yeah yeah and at this point is where they come across this inscription i believe in the rocks that says abandon all hope ye who enter here, which they make a point of saying is usually inscribed over the gates of hell. At least through most literature, it's what's inscribed over the gates of hell. So at this point, you're deep in hell. Like there's no going back. Like you are in hell now for sure. Basically. I think I don't know if that's what was inscribed. And I know in the nun, in the movie The Nun, there is in the I forget what it's called. It's like it's one of those old Romanian churches. I'm sure there's a there's a name for those places. But um they were saying how like I think it was in the 14th century, again, kind of like how most of these alchemists take place, or most of these guys, these French philosophers and alchemists were alive during the 14th century. In this Romanian castle looking church thing. There is a gate of hell down there, which where the nun, where the demon Valak comes from, and there is a door somewhere. I don't remember what it says. I don't know if it says, uh, I don't know if it says this where it's abandon all hope, ye who enter here, or if it's God ends here, something like that. And that's before they enter. That's before they see this, where the portal of hell, where Valak comes from. But anyway, sorry, it's just something I had to point out. And they they mentioned how, like, in some, I don't know if it's, like, in the Bible or somewhere it's written that in order to enter hell, 
beings would have to drag themselves on their bellies and that's what they have to do they have to crawl into this crawl space again and basically drag themselves across the ground so when they come out of the crawl space that they were just crawling through on their bellies they enter this familiar looking room and that's where they realize they're doing everything they just did but it's in reverse it's mirrored again everything as above so below they're going through the same thing but it's in reverse now it's mirrored but things are slightly different they're not as they were before it's a bit it's got a darker twist to it so in this room they enter flamel's grave again but it's the inver it's like the mirror of flamel's grave and in here whereas before in the i don't know the regular version of it flamel's body was like perfectly preserved in this version flamel's body is decayed and it's just like bone and just a rotten mess and i someone was like dude what the hell like someone was pointing out who are watching this movie like like look at him like they were like mentioning like what's that person i'm like dude, that's flamel he's laying down and i was like no the person behind him and they're like oh that's let's hope let's hope is <laughs> <in the room." laughs> and he's he's in the background like just He's like hunched over, and I'm like, oh, what the hell? Let's hope, let's hope is probably one of the scariest things of this movie, dude. He's just there in the like this corner, almost Blair Witch style, except he's not facing the corner, he's facing the people. <clears throat> and uh, Susie walks up to him, which one of the stupidest things ever. Susie walks up to him. I've seen enough horror movies, don't go up to the guy, dude. Come on. He, she walks up to Latope and she's like, Latope, are you okay? Are you fine? We lost you back there. Are you here again? How's it going, mate? We haven't seen you in years. Latope grabs her face. He, he attacks her. And then she's on the floor and Latope grabs her head and just smashes her head into the ground. Pretty brutally. It's like just a damn I mean, watermelon, man. Like a damn watermelon. Repeatedly. Repeatedly. Yeah, he's, you know, I gotta make sure. Double tap. Double tap. <laughs> uh, don't tell that. We learned from horror movies. There's always this, yeah. And so she's dead. She is. I mean, she's fucking dead. There's no way you're gonna survive that. Uh, and in the commotion, Latope disappears, and they're not gonna try to find him after what he did. So what they do is they continue on. You keep going down deeper, venture further, my friends. And uh, I think Scarlet tries to uh, use the stone again on her. But it doesn't work on dead people. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's dead. <laughs> that, she, that, she's the, gone, gone. Not, she big gone. She's still not working. But I mean, theoretically, couldn't they see her again? I mean, if she wasn't that great of a person, you know, wouldn't she just kind of like pop back up and stay there? You die in hell. Yeah. Where do you go? Yeah. Wait. Where do you go from there? You. Super hell. Super hell. <laughs> hell, hell two, the sequel. Um, <laughs> there's like this well thing that they have to go through again. I know I talked about like this well they had to go through. Well, they're going through it again, and everyone's gone down, one by one. Benji's the last one, and another pretty, pretty rad jump scare. Benji's up there, and he's like, "Alrighty, guys, I'm ready to go down now." And then he takes, in a weird way, I don't know why he did it, but he takes, I don't know, he positions the camera so it's looking at him, I think. 
and you see this the figure from before. Yeah, the girl in the white dress. You see her in the background, and he 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 hears it, and he's the camera. And he's panning around. And he's like, "Where'd she go?" And then she like jumps out at you. She like screams in your face, and she's holding a baby. I think, I think, I'm not too sure if I remember that right. I maybe remember the baby or something else. But she scares him, and he falls right into the pit, and he falls right to his death. <laughs> Untimely yeah. demise. Uh, Benji is dead. No, not the Benji. Uh, the remaining people, the remaining crew, which I think is just Scarlet, George, Papillon, and Zed, who we never mentioned, but he's from Papillon's crew, Zed. And he's not really showing much up the movie, and it's weird that he's one of the spoilers, survivors. But yeah, uh, the remaining crew, those four, uh, enter this room, and there's this flaming car in the middle. And this is the point where if you're if you're like me who's seen this for the first time without any context, you're like, okay, I kind of bought everything up to this point, but a flaming car in a room with a guy in it, that's a, I mean, I bought the phone down here and the piano, but this is a bit too much. But like if you watch it with the context of what it's supposed to mean, then okay, yeah. I mean I could kind of believe it a bit, I guess. It's hell, it's warping reality. I sure why not? And so yeah, there's this guy in this car and Papillon, that's where he kind of speaks up. He's like, no, like, it wasn't my fault. And clearly he had something to do with this burning vehicle and the death of this person, but him not admitting to his faults, him not admitting to him probably being the cause of whoever died in this car is what is his downfall. He's dragged into the flaming vehicle and the vehicle collapses on itself and it disappears. It warps out of reality. So Papillon's gone. I'm pretty sure if Papillon had of like, if he would have like admitted to whatever he did, he would have been spared, but he didn't. And that's kind of where these three remaining people realize like, oh, if we say what we've done or what we've, because they do it later, like what we were, what we wronged people of, like we will probably be saved on like Papillon who was like, I didn't do whatever it was and he died. So yeah. So Papillon is not dead. Rip. Rip your oh. boy. So we, we did greet already. Anger. I guess Latope attacking Susie could be a fit of anger, you know. That could probably be that. Heresy could probably be uh Papillon uh refusing to acknowledge the whatever it was that he committed that resulted in the flaming vehicle and possibly that person's death. That's probably heresy. Oh, no, yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's heresy, because the description says souls are entrapped in a flaming pit. So, you know, yeah, for sure that's heresy. Uh, that is level six. Well, level seven is violence. As they go further, they hear trumpets blaring in the, in the background. These just, just trumpets blaring, they're loud. They're the loudest thing. Which is quite an odd thing to hear, I would say. Yeah, but I think if you know you're bible stuff which i don't isn't that like what i think they reference the trumpets back in the original catacombs tour they were on oh they did yeah something about like when trumpets sound uh death something souls will rise 
So basically, if you hear my foot. Oh, interesting. Now, see, I had now the throw, throw there was nothing about this movie where I wasn't paying attention, but you know what? That that probably seems right. Now, I know trumpets. Do trumpets um, symbolize anything? I don't believe so. I, what do you think? I, I remember. Okay, here we go. Um, I'm looking this up really quick, and I remember this because I remember this somewhere from some Bible thing. It says, "What were Satan's seven trumpets in Revelation?" So, yeah. trumpets signify, I think, the end of the world in usually a uh, bunch of Christian stories. Yeah, like the march. Like yeah. when, when the day comes where we're all judged. The trumpets will send or something like. This is gonna be a bunch of band kids playing in the sky. <laughs> it's just a marching band. All band kids go. To yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm reading right now. It really tells cool. that like that's what the trumpets signify. Play- <laughs> they're, they're playing the final countdown where we're being judged. <laughs> and so yeah, that's what they're. That's what that's what's being. Uh, that's what they're hearing in this tunnel. Trumpets throughout. So I don't know if that means the end of the world, or because they're already in hell. So what does that mean? They're at the end of their journey. Yeah, basically, basically is like, well, how how much worse can it get? So you once know? they get once they get past all the trumpets and all that, they come into this room, and this room <laughs> uh, is probably to me probably the scariest room. There is nothing but a chair in the middle of the room, and there is a black robed figure. He was just vibing there, and he has this in the top. I think the only part of him that's truly robed is like the head portion. It's a giant black robe, but like his torso down is like black smoke. And I looked up uh, multiple. Let's be honest. I did my research on YouTube. Um, I looked at multiple YouTube videos, (laughs) and they were describing that this is Satan himself. This is Satan himself, and the walls are adorned with like these stone people stuck on the walls and like their faces perpetually screaming or whatnot. And <clears throat> this figure is just sitting in the, in the room. And I was going to say it, he's not one for interior design. Oh yeah, no, definitely not. Definitely. And... It's more of a modernist look, but I got to admit it's not my favorite. Not my favorite either. <laughs> As they walk. their favorite either. <laughs> Yeah, no, they're, no, definitely not. As they walk away from the figure, now as they walk away and to like continue on their passage, the figure gets up and like, it, I don't know, you see his face and it's pretty terrifying. It's not like the horned figure you'd probably imagine, but it's just, it's just pale face looking guy. That's him, the dude himself. And well, you gotta imagine what, that he wouldn't be too happy down there. I mean, just a bunch of people screaming must get annoying, you know? Just all the stress. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's all the stress. That's what turns him like that. Yeah. What do you think the fu- Do you think they have an accountant in hell? What do you think the financials are like? Dude, I don't think they have monetary if heaven exists. I don't think they have any materialistic needs down there. <laughs> it's just old, I guess. I don't know. You're just, just kind of chill there. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I I've never imagined what these places are like. Anyways, as they as they continue walking, though, the figure gets up, and that's where the uh, the stone figures attack. 
the trio and one of them bites into George is like neck area, his shoulder area. Why is, and it, he's, always, why is it always neck? Because it's where you can believe, oh shit, if we don't do anything fast, this guy's gonna die out. If they bleed his if they bite on his arm, it's like, oh well you can you can continue on the journey. Yeah, you can cut that off, you know. Yeah, if it's in the neck, it's if it's on your you know, you gotta do something quick. Time's a ticking. And so yeah, he, gotta he's got to move somehow. He's got blood gushing out of his mouth, out of that wound, and they're like, "We got to do something. We got to do something quick." Scarlet's like, "I got the stone, dude. I can fix this. I got the power." Oh shoot! The stone doesn't work. Why does the stone not work? Like, and she's like, she clearly likes this guy. She likes George, and he's like, "I need." She's like, "I, I need to use a stone. It doesn't work." And then she realizes the from something she read or george is the one that tells her about the oh location, right? yeah, yeah, yeah that the that the path to the the philosopher's stone only rectification can only rectification can well it would allow you only rectification would allow you to find the stone and then she's like oh i have to rectify the taking of the stone so that means she's got to go all the way back put the stone in its place and return to find the stone. So in the mad dash, she goes through everything that we had just gone through the trumpets, the screaming stone figures going up that one well thing through everything. Once she basically pulls off a, a, a hell speed run. Yeah. Puts the stone back and then she wipes there's like this little reflective thing. She wipes and she looks at herself. That looks like not later. And then she makes a rad dash going back to George and Zed. And then she's like, I couldn't find the stone or something like that. Or I forget what she says. And then she kisses him. And then he's healed. And it's that. Because the power was within her all along. How yeah. sweet. I don't know anything about the Philosopher's Stone or really anything but in Harry Potter... Um, <laughs> That's where we're you... getting our stuff from, Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, guys. I'm not really a professional at this. In Harry Potter... <laughs> actually yeah, you're right. This is pretty sad. Um, in order to defeat Voldemort and... What's the guy's name again? The Professor... Quarrel. Wow, I remembered. Professor Quarrel and his uh, Voldemort twin on the back of his head. Uh, the power isn't within the harry potter's love they explained is what defeats quarrel because the touch of such would defeat him or whatever but the power within himself is kind of played at both in both movies that deal with the philosopher's stone so i don't know if the philosopher's stone has something to do where the the power there is power within the stone but there is greater or equal there's equal or greater power within yourself if you can find it if that makes any sense so it isn't too far off if you can believe harry potter defeating voldemort and quarrel with just a touch i'm sure if you can believe that and then you know same he applies here you know her kissing him he's healed so i i didn't find it too far off i was able to actually like okay yeah you know i can make the connection sure so she has the power of the stone within her now uh, continuing on, part six, as we said, was heresy with Papillon not 
confessing to whatever he did or admitting that. Uh, layer nine, no, sorry, layer seven, level seven of hell is violence. And that could probably be the stone figures attacking them. Again, pretty loosely, um, loose explanation of what that is, but that's the best I could get. That's what violence would be. And <clears throat> so then we're coming up across level eight, which is fraud. And once George is healed, the three of them come across this, this hole. This hole in the ground, it leads deep, deep in. Basically, what they have to do is, it's a literal leap of faith. Hopefully it works. But before they do so, they each have to admit to a past sin. And it's like probably like the gravest sin they've ever done. Whatever it is. Uh, George says that I think his the, the the drowning of his brother was his fault or that he didn't save him or something like that. Scarlet's is that she, I believe she might have been the cause of why her father died because he called her before he was going to commit suicide and hang himself, but she didn't answer. And that's why the phone was in the beginning because it was to represent that. And then so her father hung herself and then she admits that. And then Zed, we really didn't build up to Zed or what his character was, but he admits that like, He's a deadbeat, is what it is. He hasn't seen his child in forever. And once they do that, they jump into this hole. And I'm saying that this is fraud because the description of fraud says, souls are thrown into a pit of darkness. And yeah, that's what they do. They're just yeeted down there. They jump into it. And they fall. They fall, they fall, they fall. It's a pretty long fall. And they hit rock bottom. Now... This is where, like, level nine, uh, I don't know if level level nine is called treachery. Which is and like it's the said, worst of the worst. It's the bottom. It's considered the bottom of hell. Yeah, it says that Satan himself is in this and that he's imprisoned in ice from the waist down. So he's just chilling. Displayed as a... You know what? I think I might have had this all wrong. <laughs> I don't know. Because... Most people believe that Satan is the guy in the robe. And it says that he's trapped in ice from the waist below. In the movie, he's depicted as having smoke from like the torso down or maybe the waist below. I don't know if that's level nine. But then I wouldn't know what. Because that would make the most sense, right? Because it says he is he's in ice in the waist below in the very center of it. And he was in the center of that room. So that would probably, you know what? That's actually level nine. But then again, I wouldn't know what level seven and eight would be. Because level six for sure is heresy with Papillon. So again, okay, you know what? Yeah, that, that's level nine then. That's treachery. So then level seven and level eight, I was probably wrong about. And you can just, level I don't know what that would be. You can, seven, level seven would probably be violence. So Latope killing Lucy, and then yeah, yeah. Okay. would be fraud. Maybe I would be Benji, and the white woman. Yeah, and then level nine treachery would be uh, what was that guy's name? Papillon, and the guy he killed. Sure. You know what? You're right. You might be right because level eight, which is fraud. You said that that was Benji. The description is says, uh, as I said before, souls are thrown into a pit of darkness. 
and Benji fell down that hole. So that could be very well. Level 8. And yeah, level 9. Treachery. Satan himself is just vibing in the center of the room. But instead of his torso down being ice, it's smoke. So you know what? Actually, we nailed down all 9 levels. Whether they were presented... When they reach the ninth level, you can actually see their breath. You can see that it's actually cold. Oh, you're right. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, the you, the characters they're breathing and it's like icy cold. And you know what? That goes with the whole ice theme of level nine. Yeah, you're right. I, I Which think is we... weird because you would think it'd be like the hottest level, but it's the complete opposite. And I think Dante I did that on purpose. You know what? Yeah. I don't know if it... You know what's funny? I don't know because... Most I think people this whole still. poem, this whole idea is to kind of turn the idea of hell on its head. I think most, I think he was just messing around, honestly. Most, well, I'm not too sure because most people like when they like talk about hell, it's always like this endless fire burning and it's like river lakes of fire. But like whenever you think of a horror movie that has like a demon in it, like the room's always frozen cold, like the exorcist. The priests yeah. are in this room that's icy cold. So like I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe hell is not what we think in terms of hot fire. Maybe it's just really cold that it burns. You know how when something's really cold, it can burn you. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not. I don't know. But I, I think they're kind of going somewhere with the ice cold, and I can see numerous pop culture references where like cold is kind of associated with evil you know what i mean um so yeah that's for sure as i said those are we nailed down probably all nine levels not all of them are represented as equally as you know some were represent were some were better represented than others but you know that's it and once they're down in this pit this 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 last room they're like there's no way out and they look down and there's a manhole and they look at the manhole and they're like, do we just open it? They open it up and the manhole leads to this random street in Paris. And they, they climb out of the manhole. Uh, I don't know. Georgian, Georgian Scarlet hug. Zed walks away. Scarlet now has the power of the <laughs> Yeah, he just walks away. Yeah, yeah, he just walks away. And that's kind of where the movie ends. Uh, fun fact, Dante's Inferno is actually the first part in uh, a trilogy. Series. Yeah, a series. Not sad, not a trilogy. A series called the... Um, it's a part of something called the, the Divine Comedy. So it's mm. the initial part of a three-part epic poem called the Divine Comedy. So take that what you will. I don't Dante's know. Inferno... The way Dante escapes hell is by going through the belly button of the devil, which is said to be the center of the earth. And when he goes through, gravity is reversed and he's thrown out onto the street, I think. Which is what happens in the end of the movie. They're sent out of the sewer, which I guess you can call that kind of the belly. Because, you know, it leads to like the sewer and all that. And they are—they're not thrown onto the street. They kind of just well, gravity is reversed, though, because it is reverse, yes. Because they step out of the manhole and like, so there, there's—I don't know how to explain this. You just gotta look it up, man. But yeah, gravity is reversed because they're standing 
they jump into the manhole, they jump out of the street of Paris. If that makes any sense. The rarity is in a sense reverse. We were even mentioning how like that's not how physics works. But you yeah, know that you know that makes more sense. I f- the I applaud the people who made this movie. Not the best horror movie ever, right? But they did their research for sure. <laughs> it was something new. Um, you know, it was like uh like if Indiana Jones was in an actual horror movie. Yeah. I mean, some would say that Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls in and of itself is a pretty horrific movie. It's a horror movie in and of itself. Um, but no, yeah. I like that I'm, movie. I like I'm it. Sorry. Sorry. I hear Indiana Jones and I gotta, I gotta say that. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I had to say that. That guy who was who told him about Papillon? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not Latope. He's actually the guy in the burning car. Oh, so that is the devil himself put them on this path. Yeah, that's do that. That's, that just gave me a chill, <laughs> dude. That's pretty. That's pretty. Oh, whoa. Yeah, that means that no matter what they happened. They were always kind of gonna go down there because, like, it was almost as if the like their path was set. You know what I mean? Then that, that's pretty sick. That's pretty sick. That's pretty terrifying too. That is that that's as above so below. I would, if you want, I I would recommend this. I would recommend this movie. This would probably be the first movie on the list that I would actually recommend. But if you know what the movie's trying to do. If you want, if you watch the movie as if you want a movie where you can just, I just want to sit down, eat some popcorn, and enjoy a horror movie. There's many more you can choose from. But if you watch it while you're doing want, something else, <laughs> it's kind of like a have it in the background kind of movie. If you want to like be like, I kind of, I have Dante's Inferno's map right next to me. I kind of want to follow and see this thread. Because for sure there are deeper threads without this movie. I would say go for it. I unlike Midsommar, what I'd be like, there's a lot of things in Midsommar that represent many things, but I don't know if I'd recommend Midsommar because I don't know. <laughs> this one I would I would genuinely like, yeah, dude, go for it. And it's actually um we watched it on Netflix, so you guys can go check it out. It's on Netflix. It's been on Netflix forever. It's like Terrifier. As far as we can remember, we watched Terrifier like years ago what was it like was it our second year of college i don't remember we watched it a couple years ago back alex and i and yeah i remember as above so below being on there too so this will probably be on there in the future as well i think this is the first time i'm gonna break from you i thought midsummer was a better movie oh (laughs) interesting I, i i did not enjoy this movie that much i felt it was pretty dry I mean, yeah, it was interesting with all this, but uh, I honestly felt the movie was kind of dry. I mean, it had its scary moments, yeah, but I felt yeah, like I could it. It was, I, I felt yeah. Oh. Some wasn't good, as huh? great a movie. Some parts were just some parts were just too rushed. Yeah, like like just, most. It wasn't for that Benji and the white woman had like a relationship, or that the guy in the burning car with Bobby Benji on. best character. And then, like, yeah. you have the whole book of, like, uh, Carlet's dad's journal. 
which has like so much details and everything that he's worked on and literally it's in her back pocket the whole movie comes up once oh yeah i mean yeah there's, there's a lot this movie tries to do when a lot that it kind of doesn't succeed at doing or that it could do better like again representing some of the levels of hell where it's like this one little action represents that but for this level like this whole room represents that yeah i i felt that way when i first watched as above so below i was like uh not really my cup of tea and i i could see where yeah i could see i could see if some people would prefer this over midsummer you you saw midsummer as well which would you prefer probably this one i did not like midsummer yeah this movie kind of sucked yeah, I, I, first I could movie see I, First movie I wouldn't recommend. Go watch Critters if you want a real... <laughs> if you want a real <laughs> cinematic masterpiece, you want a real experience, go watch Critters. Oh, God. Speaking of Critters, uh, Alex and I actually have... Because I, I got it for myself, too. We have the Critters collection. <laughs> we have the whole box set, so you can expect a Critters series sometime in the future. Fuck, we are we going to sit down. I'm going to force this man. Yuli too. I will force you as well, Yuli, to no. watch all four movies. Oh, I'm, four? Four I'm busy. Uh, no, yeah. we'll find a day you're not busy. We'll find a day. Oh, I'm no. busy every day. No, 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 no. Not if I kidnap you. Not if I kidnap I'm, you. I'm busy in days that end in Y. <laughs> that only okay. leaves Mun. What? Uh? <laughs> the hidden day of the week, Mun. It's like it's the, okay. it's the it's the first half of Monday technically. Um, I don't know about you, Listen, we're recording this at it's one a.m. in the morning. <laughs> you got a point. You got a point. What What do you expect from me? <laughs> what is today? What day is this? Where, where uh, are we? Where are we? It's Wednesday. Holy shit! It's yeah. December thirtieth. Tomorrow's New Year's. Oh, tomorrow's New Year's. Oh. Uh, technically. New Year's. Tomorrow, I don't know tomorrow's what, New Year's. I don't know when this episode will be released. I don't know if I will edit this and release it to the 31st or put off the editing and release it into the new year. Either way, Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. Uh, happy New, new year. year. This podcast was probably the greatest thing this year had to offer because this year was a really bad year. I can honestly say with 100% serious how do you say 100 percent serious i'm 100 percent serious in saying this has been the single worst year of my life so far every, my year's been, every, my year's been pretty good i hate you <laughs> every fiber in my being screams this year is the worst we'll see what the the new year has to offer i'm actually really hyped for a lot of horror movies for 2020 uh, yeah. halloween kills mm-hmm. We talked about that in our Halloween franchise. Thing. Yeah, basically, I, I mean, all the movies that are supposed to come out this year have been pushed back. So, yeah. 2021, hopefully, we'll have a lot more releases. It'll be a lot more, uh, a lot better of a oh, year. Oh, but I wouldn't dude, suspect really... until around around mid-year is what I would hey, expect. The Forever Purge is coming out next year. Interesting, <laughs> interesting. Another Purge Watch movie? That. Another Purge movie. Yeah, another Purge movie. Haven't Quiet I Place that horse? quite a bit yeah i feel like they have a quite yeah we talked about that and how they've definitely beat that thing into the ground a quiet place 2 is coming out next year as well which i'm kind of interesting 
interesting. I, I haven't seen the first Quiet Place because it creeped me out so much. Did you watch? That's really uh, good. Did you watch Bird Box? Bird Box? No, I have not. I have oh, not I seen. Hey, okay, I have not seen any horror. This this man, this man who I'm doing the podcast with. <laughs> before him, I've watched basically zero horror movies. He got me in horror movies. What? Uh, last summer, this summer, when we started the podcast, like basically yeah. before we started this podcast, I'd seen a, almost no horror movies. I had no interest in them, but now I've seen like all the classics. Now I'm beginning to watch them. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, I haven't seen any of like the recent releases. I haven't seen like a lot of good horror movies. They gotta catch up. Yeah, I've already dragged them to the ringer with critters, so we'll we'll get Jesus. to the good ones. Right? Yep. They're making another wrong turn movie, which I thought that franchise was dead. <laughs> I just realized wrong turn's not even on my list. That's how that's how it's dead I consider this series. Gone it is. Can I just say really quick, this list, by the way, is which has 95 movies. We're barely on movie number 88. Was originally over 150 movies without any sequels. I think wrong turn was on that original list. The Grudge was on that original list. The Grudge is not on this list. And it's some people really consider that a big horror movie. Terrifying. I refuse to watch that movie. That's another why it's not on this list. I refuse to watch that movie. There's a lot of horror movies that are not on my list, which makes me scratch my head. Like, Critters made the cut, but wrong. Critters made the cut, but somebody did. I'm so happy Um, Critters made the cut. Candyman. Dude, I don't know if it's a remake, but Candyman is coming. I love the original Candyman. I think it's a remake. I'm not sure. Is that the one with Either the way. Uh huh. What's up, Yuli? The one with the, the guy cane. with the bees in his mouth? Yeah, yeah. 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 Either Played way, by... it's going to be a good year for horror movies. Excited. Yeah. Hopefully, um, we can do Horror Nights next year. Probably. Two, two more movies I want to talk about because I'm kind of hyped for these. The third yeah. Conjuring movie, The Conjuring The Devil Made Me Do It, which is about. uh. I don't, I don't know the cases, but I supposedly it's about where like some guy is possessed or something and he goes to court and he uses the whole being possessed thing in court and as a justification as to him not doing it. I think that's what that's what that is about. And then my most anticipated movie, I told you this already, horror movie of next year. And I really love, really love the first movie. The sequels are mm, whatever. But it's called Spiral from the Book of Saw. It is the next Saw movie. And I'm so hyped. Chris Rock is in it. Yes, Chris Hawk. That Chris Rock. So is Samuel Jackson. It's another Saw movie. And I'm so hyped about it. So great. I don't know. I, I, I just wanted to say, I just wanted to mention that. <laughs> I really want to see that. There's no legacy to go over this film. Normally we'd go over the legacy of the film, but there's no legacy. It's a one and done, just like Midsommar. Nothing to look into after. Um, in terms of reviews, if you want to watch it again, just as like we have mixed uh, views on this movie amongst us, there are mixed views on this movie overall. It's just briefly mentioning it because Alex brought it up. There's a 26% Rotten Tomato score on this. Again, not that you have to judge a movie by its Rotten Tomato score, but just pointing that out. It's got a 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb, but to be honest, most movies on IMDb have a 5 or a 6 on that anyway, so whatever. It says 91% like to this movie, but yeah, it has such a low score on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, 
take it or leave it, whatever. Audience score is forty percent. It's it's got it's got its moments, you know. There's more. There's horror movies I'd recommend, you know, before I would ever recommend this, but it's definitely clever in what it's trying to do. But yeah, that's it. Uh, next episode is a movie made by one of my favorite directors, horror directors, Wes Craven. Finally, I got to talk about Wes Craven. Unfortunately, because it's movie number eighty-seven, it's low on the list. The movie kind of, well. Sucks. <laughs> I want to know what it is, but it's definitely not Nightmare on Elm Street or Scream. But it's another one of his movies. That's what it is. I'm not going to say what it is, but let's just say we'll take a journey through the desert, through the Nevada mountains, through the hills, you will. I will be movie number 87. Thank you, Yuli, for joining us on this yeah, crazy thing. Sorry um, for dragging you out so late into the morning. Yeah, yeah, we're recording this late into the morning. <laughs> Big fan of the show. Glad to thank be here. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I we hope to have you soon on again. I like how we broke down this episode. Actually, I like how maybe because we did more research in this than we did in Midsommar, but I really like how like we were able to follow threads. You know, like I don't know, it was pretty sick. I like, I like, I like this episode. And yeah, I'm your co-host Robert. My co-host Alex. And we'll see y'all both in the witching hour and the new year. Uh, Happy new year, guys. See ya.